Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon to you, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg today. It is the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we are glad you're with us. David Crane, the play-by-play voice of UAB, no stranger to the show, is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes to talk about Blazer baseball. We'll also be talking to a former softball catcher, Danielle LaPointe D'Angelo, who I believe lives out in California now. We'll have her on the show a little later. Going to run down all the action from Conference USA last night. A lot of baseball played last night. Also going to get to that 12-2 win the Golden Eagles enjoyed last night at the Pete over Troy University. Uh, Probably, Luke, and we'll talk a little more about it later, but uh, probably one of the better midweek performances we've seen out of the baseball team all year. It is. They were able to start early and uh, were able just to, you know, con- keep the the runs down early. Shepard got out of uh, that jam really in the first inning. He set the tempo, and and uh, it, it's just good when you not only win midweek, but when you're able uh, to win in that fashion, give you some momentum going into UAB. And by the way, speaking of midweek, uh, Mississippi State, Luke, beats uh, Louisiana Tech last night 7-3. to And like them, love them, hate them, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mississippi State, a perfect 15-0 and this year in midweek games. I don't recall ever hearing that out of a college baseball team. I don't either, and it, I think this stat is still effective now. The only non-conference loss that Mississippi State has had this year was in that um, – late February series against the Golden Eagles. Just a marvelous run by the Bulldogs for sure. No question. All right, coming up next for Southern Miss, their old nemesis, the UAB Blazers. When they come to town, everybody's nervous. It doesn't really matter what sport we're talking about. Uh, We're talking baseball this time. The Blazers will be here uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, and Saturday to end the regular season against the Golden Eagles. David Crane is the voice of the UAB Blazers, of course. He's uh, back on the Eagle Hour. David, always good to have you on the show. Hi, guys. Uh, don't don't be nervous. Nothing, nothing to be nervous about this weekend. Come on. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't tell us that about UAB. We've, uh, we've had too many bad experiences with you guys, David. Uh, what kind of ball club did the Blazers bring to us this weekend? Well, I, you know – 53 games into the season, I guess I should have a, a, a perfect, solid answer for you right now. But it, it, I don't. Um, it's a good team. Uh, it's had some bad luck. It's had some bad injury luck. Um, but for the most part, has been playing better as of late. They've won three straight Conference USA series coming into this weekend. And that's the first time they've done that in, I think, five years. Um, but that said, they lost a, their final midweek game last night at Jacksonville State where they gave up five runs in the first inning and wound up losing 5-3. to three. So um, there's still some perplexing moments, I think, surrounding this team. 
Uh, I, I think they're a little bit better offensively, perhaps, than they have been in recent years. But the pitching numbers haven't been quite as good as, as what we've seen the last few seasons under under Brian Shoup. So it's still a little bit of a mystery with this bunch, I think, heading into to Hattiesburg for a, a very important series for both teams. As I looked at your schedule before the show, it appeared to be there's some inconsistencies like we've seen out of Southern Miss. Take you back just, a, what, a week or so ago? You guys go on the road, you beat Auburn at their place, and then you win two out of three uh, in your conference matchup only to come out and lose to Jacksonville State. Inconsistent, is that a fair statement? I think that's probably a very fair statement. And, and I thought they played – I called the game down at Auburn and thought they played very well, a lot of emotion, pitched well in that game and got just enough offense. Uh, they scored, I think, two in the first, two in the third, two in the fifth, and then sort of held on for dear life. But the pitching staff came through for them in that ball game last night. The, the pitching wasn't terrible to take out that first inning. Uh, but unfortunately, that the damage was done in that first inning. So – they they battled. Uh, this bunch has played hard as, as they usually do under Brian Shoup, and um, you know they they are playing better. I think they may have a little more confidence coming into Hattiesburg this weekend, but they know it's a it's a tall task to to take care of their own business to try to win enough and maybe get enough help to to make it to the tournament next week with with Southern Miss. Uh, eyeing the championship this weekend. So what do what do the Blazers have to do to get in the tournament, David? You know, I, I, they need to win three games. That, mm-hmm. That's the, the basic, plain, simple answer. Because I think it's something like six teams vying for the final two spots in the tournament, and, and everybody's within about a game, a game and a half, or, or two games of each other. So, um, you know, the, the easy answer, the simple answer, it is not the easy answer by any stretch. The, the simple answer is just go win three games in, in Hattiesburg and, and you ought to be fine. That's not the easiest thing to do. I, I would imagine it's going to take some a win, probably two wins at a minimum, and then you may still have to do some, some scoreboard watching and, and rooting for some other teams to, to see if you can creep in. The, the, one of the, the problems UAB sort of looks at in this situation is they don't hold the tiebreaker against a bunch of these teams that are right around them. There are mm-hmm. two or three squads that are floating around that, you know, the six, seven, eight spot that, that UAB is probably going to need to finish ahead of in the standings. You got a team that's got a tie. You got two team or two teams with a tie. You got two teams that, that lost a game to the rain. So you're, you're worrying about half games and, and those type scenarios as well. So, it's it's uh it's out of my league to try to diagnose all the possibilities. I don't even think the league office gave it a shot. I, I think right. they just right. said, let, let's, let's just see what happens right. on Thursday, and we'll go from there. Uh, Luke, I don't care what David says. They make me nervous. UAB <laughs> always makes me nervous. <laughs> well, that and throw it in there, David said this team is type of a, a mystery. So nobody knows what we're going to see this weekend from UAB in Hattiesburg. It's really scary. Uh, but, David, talk about offensively – a guy that we've watched for several years, Zach Davis, 46 RBIs, Colton Schultz, uh, 43 RBIs. Those two guys are leading the offense. But, but just kind of talk about, have they played uh, power ball this year, small ball? What's been the offensive approach? You know, I would, I would say it's still mainly small ball. They are doing a great job stealing bases. Um, I think, what, 134? 134, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous numbers. Jeff Davis, uh, Zach's little brother, uh, has been an absolute demon. I think he's got 47 stolen bases on the year. So 
um, it, that, that's what they like to do. They, they like to get them on, create things on the base pass. They're not going to sit around and wait for the long ball. I, I think they've shown a little more power this year, maybe than in years past. But this is still a, a, a you know a get them on, get them over, get them in type type baseball team. Um, Zach Davis has been good. Colton has been good. Carter Ferris, one of the the seniors on the roster, is coming off a great senior day. I think he hit two home runs on on Sunday in the win over Charlotte. So. Um, you'd like to see your seniors playing well uh, at this point in the season, and, and I do think these guys are are motivated. They don't they don't want this to be their final weekend. They they, they got back to the tournament last year. It didn't go the way they wanted to, and it didn't go any, the way anyone wanted it to in Biloxi, as far as the weather is concerned. But um, they would love to get back and, and have another chance at a, at a championship. But they've got a they got a big hurdle to clear this weekend. Right. R- Rotation-wise, uh, looks like Tanner Graham and Graham Ashcraft have uh, have been uh, some two of the starters. Uh, Golden Eagle fans always nervous whenever we have l- when we have faced lefties in the rotation. T- tell us about the Blazers' uh, rotation. Well, see, I'm I'm here to make everybody feel better. They're they're going to throw three righties <laughs> this weekend. So, see, everything should be just fine for you guys down in Hattiesburg this weekend. Uh, Riley Davis looks like he's going to start tomorrow. Uh, Tyler Gates on Friday, and then Tanner Graham on Saturday. It, it's been a it's been a bit of a struggle, uh, to be honest. This year, pitching wise, they have they have flipped the rotation. They they've moved guys around. Um, and and Riley Davis, I think the last couple of weeks has pitched really well uh, as the as the leadoff guy. Normally, the Friday guy, he'll be the the Thursday guy this week, but. Um, the, the starters have got to go deep. The bullpen has been a little shaky. Um, they're guys that will come in and, and, and have a great outing one night and then struggle the next night, or they'll come in and have a great inning and then struggle the next inning. So it's it's been an inconsistent part of this ball club. They've been pretty good defensively. But um, it, it, I know it's been frustrating for Brian Shute because there have been some high-scoring games this year that in years past um, – UAB would have cruised if they'd scored seven, eight runs uh, like they have several times this year. And they've been in dogfights a lot of times when, when scoring that many runs. So I'm very interested to see how it plays out this weekend. All right, David, we appreciate your time as always. Always uh, fun talking to you. And uh, we, of course, follow the Blazers over here very closely and uh, always look forward to having you guys in town. And Coach Polk is counting the minutes till he arrives. So y'all be nice to him. We're always nice to Coach Polk. All right, David Crane, everybody, from the UAB Blazer Baseball Program. When we come back, we'll take a look at last night's win over Troy. Going to give you a rundown of what happened across the league. And then a little later in the show, we'll be talking to Danielle LaPointe D'Angelo, a former softball catcher with the Lady Eagles, all next on the Eagle Hour. Your 
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Our thanks to David Crane from UAB for joining us in the opening segment. That segment, of course, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Our good buddies uh, right next to the Hattiesburg Mall on 15th Avenue and Laurel, all over the state of Mississippi. Dickie's cooks fresh meat every day. Free ice cream when you're in-house. It's like homemade ice cream, by the way, Dalton. Uh, and they'll cater any event, large or small. Dickies will let you sit back, relax, and uh, they'll always do the cooking. We thank Dickies Barbecue Pit, along with Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. The great selection of Southern Miss apparel uh, all the time there, of course. And right now, of course, they're uh, buying textbooks, selling textbooks. If you're a student at Southern Miss or you got a kid that's one, that's where you go to save money on the uh, textbook deal, uh, which I understand is quite interesting in today's world. Uh, and, of course, the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel at campusbookmart.net. All right, the Golden Eagles uh, played really well last night after a really disappointing weekend at Rice. They come back, uh, knock around 16 hits, beat a pretty good Troy baseball team 12-2. to Really good pitching performance out of freshman right-hander Gabe Shepard. And I'm happy to say a, a, a double, a pinch-hit double by one of my favorite players, Storm Cooper, uh, in the seventh inning. He comes in and knocks in two runs uh, with a double after replacing Matthew Guidry at second place. Uh, good night uh, for Cole Donaldson, the catcher. He had three hits, including two doubles. Designated hitter Bryant Bowen, who's had a great year, uh, reached base four times on two singles and two walks. He scored three runs and drove in one. And uh, left fielder Gabe Montenegro extended his hitting streak to 12 games with a seventh-inning single. From top to bottom, Luke, a good night for the Golden Eagles last night. Always glad to see it. Just makes you kind of shake your head and, and wonder how how they, they go from playing so well to uh, – performances like this weekend but obviously a good outing last night i was pleased uh i think this is the longest outing we've had from a midweek starting pitcher shepherd goes five innings and he was extremely impressive at one point i believe in the second and third inning he had struck out six batters in a row he finished with nine strikeouts that's a guy people forget man he he pumped i think he hit 97 last night but he set kind of around 92 93 he's got four pitches and he's a freshman mm-hmm. so uh you know that's a guy that you're looking at next year maybe can make the weekend rotation uh, what i was proud of uh tweedy came in now and and Blaylock, uh, Gillantine came in. He hadn't really made an appearance since early April, but you know that was that was big. I tell you what, Nelms has been uh, really good out of the bullpen this year. As much as he struggled, you know that was a guy that we kind of thought last year maybe a weekend or a, a weekday starter. Uh, but man, he's been up for the task. Uh, that slider and, and he's got a little cutter fastball. It's it's moving extremely well. So I was proud of the pitching last night. But yeah, when you, when you look at uh, Cole Donaldson's bat's been a little underrated this year, I think. He's had some of those big game-winning hits. When Bowen slid into the DH spot, uh, you, you know, you wonder uh, why Bowen just wouldn't, you know, bat uh, and, and play catcher. Some, some of that's for the, for the defense. But Donaldson's been really good with, with his bat. So the, the biggest thing is the game wasn't close. Uh, the Golden Eagles continued to pour it on. They didn't coast. They didn't settle. Uh, they didn't just kind of, uh, when, when they got a, a lead up, they didn't 
as we've seen before, kind of let the other team back into the game by letting off the pedal. They they scored 12 last night. And so you get some really good momentum going in because here's the thing this weekend, Bob. The Golden Eagles have to be double hungry compared because UAB is going to roll in here understanding their season's on the line. If they don't, if they don't win two or sweep, it, it's over. So UAB being as hungry as they will be this weekend, Golden Eagles have to match that and, and I think increase it uh, and really – FAU's got a real good chance to sweep this weekend. If the Golden Eagles want to win the regular season, they're going to have to come in hungry this weekend. No question. Regular season on the line. What you like about Gabe Shepard last night being a freshman, he comes out in the first inning, he gives up a single, he makes a bad throw to first base trying to pick the runner off, then he walks two people, but then he he strikes out batters and gets himself out of the inning and then goes on to pitch four really solid innings. So, from a future standpoint, because the team is obviously looking for starting pitching, you got to be somewhat encouraged last night by this freshman uh, and the way he was able to perform against a pretty good Troy baseball team. I mean, that's not the team was uh, no slouch that was here last night and uh, uh, a pretty good uh, overall performance by the Golden Eagles. All right, around the conference, Luke. And boy, it was a full slate last night. Charlotte beat Charleston Southern nine to three. Old Dominion waxed VMI seventeen to eight. Marshall beat Ohio University 10-7. Stetson beat Florida International 6-4. Central Florida beat Florida Atlantic 13-10. That one's a head shaker. The Eagles, of course, beat Troy 12-2. Austin P beats Western Kentucky 20-12. Jacksonville State beats UAB 5-3. Vanderbilt beats Middle Tennessee 5-2. Rice beats Houston 2-1. Yes, Rice still has pitchers. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Mississippi State beat a pretty good Louisiana Tech team 7-3 to to go 15-0 and uh, in midweek. And, uh, again, I just I don't ever recall hearing a baseball team do that. So what an, an outstanding year for Mississippi State. Overall, a pretty good night for the conference. Uh, that Austin P. Western Kentucky is, is a pretty ugly deal when Western Kentucky gives up 20 runs. Uh, to Austin P, but I, th- I think if you take uh, the first four teams in Conference USA right now in baseball and compare them to the rest of the league, there's a pretty big gap right there. It seems to me. There, there is the way that it breaks down. You, it's really the top six, uh, and just from a standings perspective, eight teams get in the conference tournament. So what you're looking at right now is first is USM and FAU. Western Kentucky all alone at second. La Tech uh, really uh, – they're either a game or, or half a game behind because of that tie. La Tech's in third. Old Dominion and Rice are in tied for fourth. So those are the winning records. You have six teams with winning records, Old Dominion and Rice at 14 and 13 each. So you're, you're looking at right after there, this is where it gets crazy. So fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth spot are the bottom six teams. Marshall and UTSA are 11 and 15. FIU and MTSU, because of a rainout, have one more game, are 11 and 16. Charlotte's 10, 16 and 1. UAB's 10 and 17. So there's only like a game, game and a half that separates the bottom six. So the last two spots in Conference USA are going to go to teams with a losing record in conference, but they're only separated by a game at the most. Mm-hmm. So it, it will get really wild when you look at Rice's at Marshall. So, so, uh, 
Marshall has an opportunity to take two out of three from Rice, separate themselves. UTSA is at Charlotte. Depending on how that series goes, will determine those two teams. Old Dominion is at Western Kentucky. If Old Dominion takes two out of three from Western Kentucky, then you possibly have Old Dominion being the third seed going into the tournament. Uh, Louisiana Tech is at FIU. really won't matter uh, what Tech does. They're in. FIU could possibly get in with a sweep. And then, of course, uh, UAB and, and Southern Miss. So a whole lot could happen. Uh, two teams with a losing record are, are going to get in. Uh, but as you said, I think it's really the, the, a question at the 500 level, the top and the bottom. There's a whole world of difference. Old Dominion's been the hottest team in the league. You never know what's going to happen when Rice shows up in the ballpark, and they're both in fourth place right now. Florida Atlantic's uh – Right now, I would have to say the favorite to have the number one seed. It's really theirs to lose. They play Middle Tennessee at home. The Golden Eagles would have to sweep UAB if FAU just won two out of three games against Middle Tennessee. So, uh, realistically, and obviously it could happen, but realistically, uh, you have to think that uh, that what the Eagles can best hope for is to tie uh, Florida Atlantic for the regular season championship and then go in the tournament as the number two seed. Does it really matter that much if you're the number one or number two seed, you think? It's just – if you're the one seed, you won the regular season, so you're a champion already. Mm-hmm. You know. With the way that some of these RPIs are working, okay, here's, here's the scenario. Say three non-Power 5 conferences – Say that their regular season champion doesn't win the tournament. Well, then you're in a bind because you're starting having teams that shouldn't be in regionals that are in regionals. And what happened is, if you're a two seed and you have to, you know, you you play and say you only win two games in the tournament, well, you just went from being a lock number two to being a bubble team. Mm-hmm. If you don't win your regular season conference tournament and you don't at least advance to the semis or if you the regular season title and then you don't advance to the semis in the tournament, there's a realistic chance. Say the Golden Eagles lose this series this weekend. They finish number two. But UAB's RPI is 157, Bob. Wow. And then what you're looking at is say you say you you're you play three games in the tournament, you win one, lose two, you're out. There's a realistic chance the Golden Eagles could be a, a bubble team if they don't take care of business this weekend. Well, I think they have to win the series this weekend, and I hate to say this, but I, I think they have to. I think they have to get to the championship game of the tournament after losing two out of three to Rice. But that's just my opinion. Uh, what they need to do is win three games here, and then go win four games in the tournament, and then we'll be talking about the regionals. Is that right? Amen. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk a little softball. Danielle LaPointe D'Angelo is next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday, Luke, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. 895 Blue Plate Lunch with a drink. Tons of Southern Miss memorabilia. Go check out our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Well, uh, we were talking last week about uh, Coach Wendy Hogue stepping down, a new uh, search, national national search for a new head coach for Lady Eagle Softball. Has begun, Jeremy McLean, uh, the opportunity to hire two new coaches in his first really month or a month and a half of work, and thankful for a new athletic director. Uh, but softball last week advancing to, to the Conference USA Tournament and uh, falling a little short in the first round. But to talk about softball, uh, glad to have on Danielle LaPointe D'Angelo, uh, who played softball for the Golden Eagles from 2010 to 2013, played some first base, and was a catcher. Danielle, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you on. Um, We always ask this question, especially to you people who come from miles and miles away. You come from the nation of California. How in the world did you get to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to be a Golden Eagle? Well, you know, I was in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada at a softball tournament, and my head coach uh, at the time, Howard Dobson, who's now over at LSU, he, uh, he was just watching some of my games, and I saw him standing there in his Golden Eagle polo, and I just looked at him, and I looked at my coach, and I said, I don't know who that guy is, but I want to play for him. And a year later, there I was, walking into Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So, was, was What eight. was it about him that, that made you make that statement? I, you know, it was a gut feeling. I really couldn't tell you, but I, we were on the first base dugout on field number five, and he was standing there on first baseline with his arms crossed. And um, I just, I told my coach, I said, I want to play for that school. And then uh, my travel ball teammate, she actually signed with Southern Miss um, a couple weekends later. So I was learning a little more about the university, and it was just kind of a gut feeling from the beginning. Best gut feeling ever. That's it. A- that's that's incredible. So uh, we we fast forward a year later, and you're in this different country called South Mississippi. Oh, was it a just uh, a shock? Uh, talk about that for a minute. Uh, well, you know, coming from Southern California, we say a lot of yeah and what and huh and um first you know first week of practice, Coach Dobson, you know, he was hey Lapointe, and I said what, and he said excuse me, and uh, I said what. <laughs> And I was, oh, he ripped me a new one from the beginning. But um, I think a lot of us West Coast kids have some trouble with that, you know, just the culture change. Um, but, I mean, Hattiesburg was one of the greatest things that ever happened. I uh, love the culture there, love the people, love the people. So um, huge change, but it's exactly what I needed. Bob, I uh, I know you uh, you talk about that from time to time. We love hearing how these people who maybe had never heard of Southern Miss before come in and and man, Hattiesburg finds a special place in their heart. Mm-hmm. Well, we've heard that a lot, uh, Danielle. If you could if you could condense it down, what what was it about Southern Miss and South Mississippi that uh, you became so fond of? 
you know, Hattiesburg, I think, is just a, it's beautiful in general, but um, it was a university and a place where I could really feel like I was home. You know, I was, I left at 18 years old. Um, I obviously lived with my parents, and um, Hattiesburg, I was never uncomfortable. I just, I felt like I was home. Uh, you know, my teammates I had at the time, all four years of being there, um, they were my sisters, my coaches. They, you know, were my coaches, but also my parents, you know, my family was so far. But um, mm-hmm. the community was just, it was amazing. And, you know, every day there, every weekend that we played, um, I always had family around. So I think that was the mm-hmm. easiest part about being so far away from home was I was, I was with family. I'm curious to get your reaction to this. I've been to Southern California a good many times, and in my my travels out there, I, w- I was always struck with what sort of reminded me of the South was just the friendly nature of people that I came in contact with. This was largely in the San Diego area. And I just always found that people were very kind, and for the most part, they were all very polite and uh, very receptive to talking to us and, you know, educating us on, on their part of the country. Did you see similarities in, in that regard? No. I no? left from a town no, I left from a town where it was a uh, very I don't want to say, you know, selfish, but people were just very self centered, you know, there it was busy. Busy busy, you know, you're in and out of places trying to get as much done you can in daylight. And when I got to Hattiesburg, you know, that's when I saw that life was a little slower and people instead of just saying, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? You know, they actually wanted to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. So um, that was one of the biggest differences where when I got to Hattiesburg, you know, people cared who you were. You know, even though you were a student-athlete, they cared more about your person than what sport you played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought it was huge difference. You know, I actually experienced the opposite. Coming to Hattiesburg, it was a lot more friendly. Yeah. Well, what part of California were you from? Or are you from? Uh, I'm about an hour north. It was a, about an hour north of San Diego from a little town called Wildemar. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, Temecula's a little bigger city close by, but about an hour north of San Diego. Are you back there now? No, I am actually. So after I graduated, um, met my husband and that's other Miss. He um, went through the ROTC program, and we actually got stationed in Hawaii for a couple years. Oh, that must have been terrible. So, it was. It was awful. I hated every second of it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But, um, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that, Daniel. I'm sorry that oh, sorry yeah. sorry you had to experience that. <laughs> I know. So we you were, uh, you yeah, went we from there. Southern California to to uh, Hawaii. Yeah, that's 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 amazing, <laughs> Daniel. Hey, yeah, so let's talk. <laughs> I was, yeah, so we were. Uh, we left uh, Hattiesburg in 2014, I believe, and um, you know we went to Hawaii. We were there for three years. And we moved to North Carolina, so that's where we're currently at. Um, moved to North Carolina last February, so we've been here for a little over a year that's now. Cool. <laughs> I, we just love that. You come by way of California, you become a Golden Eagle, and then you just start spreading Eagle cheer all over uh, the country. Let, let's oh, talk yeah. about your your uh, career for a minute. You, you, you played a lot of positions. You played third base, first base, uh, but I identify with you. I was a catcher in high school. You were a catcher. What is uh, what is it about uh, catchers? We watched Samantha Papp this year, Golden Eagle senior, really mm. be a leader of the team. But you catchers, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're pretty tough back there behind the plate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the the biggest role of a catcher is just knowing your pitcher. 
um, you're her backbone, you're everything. You know, sometimes pitchers, they need a little more help. So I think really catchers need to know how to handle every pitcher. Um, but, yeah, no, we're tough. We take some balls to the shins, to the helmet, you know, off the shoulders. So you got to be tough back there. Hardest pitch to catch? Ooh, backdoor curve by Gabby Luciani. She was, we came into Southern Miss at the same year, and her backdoor curve, it was just nasty. It was just cut right on that corner, and if it hits that thumb, that inside thumb, ooh, it was rough. <laughs> beautiful you, pitch, uh, but you, you, Beautiful pitch, yeah, and it freezes them. You ladies, you, all, you do stuff uh, a little different than the dudes do, and, and, and we're thankful for that. Is there just a, uh, a, a special bond or, or some inside softball code that goes on between pitchers and catchers that maybe ne- nobody else picks up on? Yeah, like I said, it just goes to really knowing each other. Um, you really learn how to read verbal cues. Uh, off your pitcher, um, I would say there's a little what do you call it telepathic relationship going on. Yeah, um, you just really, I mean, you spend so much time not only in the game or you know catching seven innings, but you got to think of all the bullpens you do, all the warm ups you go through. I mean, pitchers' warm ups they can take anywhere from you know twenty minutes and on long days maybe an hour, you know, and that's just a warm up. So you're with each other quite a bit, and you know um, our catch or our coaches when we were going through practices you know they try to pair up um position players you know with each other to work on different team building skills and i mean pitchers and catchers you know go together so spend a lot of time with one another all right daniel what are you doing now we've got about a minute left i am in north carolina Uh, i just had a baby a couple months ago Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm a new mom but i'm also working at our local boys and girls club um, giving back to the community over here. That's one thing I loved about Southern Miss is always giving back. So I'm still continuing to do that. And I get to serve my community up here in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Well, good for you. Alyssa, we're glad you came to Southern Miss. We're sorry you had to endure that three or four years out in Hawaii. But we're glad you survived <laughs> that and uh, have a family yeah. and are doing well in North Carolina. It was a pleasure to talk to well, you. And we thank you for being on our show. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you guys. All right. Danielle LaPointe, D'Angelo, everybody, now of North Carolina. What a rough life. Southern California, Hattiesburg, and Hawaii. It just shows that the strong survive. Right, Luke? Yeah, and, and another another opportunity for – or another example of how Southern Miss is one of the greatest matchmaking institutions <laughs> in the world. That's about right. All right. We'll wrap it up after this. Don't go anywhere. Appreciate Danielle LaPointe, D'Angelo, for joining us in that previous segment. Also, David Crane from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. 
in our first segment. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. A couple of awards to let you know about Hunter Slater, named today to the Conference USA All-Academic Team. Slater, a senior from Mobile, Alabama, has a 3.36 in biological sciences and has collected the Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll four times. So congratulations uh, to Mr. Slater. Mr. Walner, Matt himself, a Ferris Trophy finalist. Southern Miss, the reigning champion of the Ferris Trophy with Nick Sandlin, winning that honor last year, presented annually to the best baseball player in Mississippi. Voting is open on the C Spire website. Walner, also a finalist with Mississippi State's Jake Mangum, Ethan Small from Mississippi State, and Ole Miss Gray Kessinger and Tyler Keenan. You can go and vote. Ten percent of the uh, of the award comes from uh, or, or from the ten percent of the selection criteria, I should say, comes from fan voting. The other ninety percent uh, comes from Major League Baseball scouts and Mississippi College baseball coaches. So Matt Walner, a C Spire Ferris Trophy finalist. Uh, Bob, looking at these RPIs for baseball, uh, should should interesting to note Southern Miss with a 12-2 win last night uh, stayed put. One of the few times that a team stays put, Eagles are 41 right now. The rest of Conference USA notables, FA, FAU remains uh, with the, the highest RPI in Conference USA at 36. Louisiana Tech drops two spots. You would think that. Playing Mississippi State might improve them, but they dropped two spots to a 53. Old Dominion at 66. Rice at 125. And the Golden Eagles opponent this weekend, UAB, at 157. So important for the Golden Eagles. One loss this weekend could uh, could drop them pretty good. What do you think uh, about the Ferris Trophy? I mean, you look at... Uh, some of the guys that are in there, State has two representatives. Ethan Small has been lights out. And one of the only times that he didn't win a game, you know, this year was when the Eagles won one to nothing up in Starkville. Uh, but you look at Mangum, I would have to say, Bob, Mangum's probably the favorite uh, going in this year for the Ferris Trophy. Have any of these guys won it before, or would all of these be new to the to the award? All of them are, I believe all of them are, are new to the award. Yeah. You know, I, I'll have to admit, I, I would have to think the Magnum kid would uh, would probably be the favorite. I think he just became the all-time, am I right, the all-time leading hitter in number of hits in the, the well, SEC. I, I stand I think. corrected. I stand corrected. Mangum did win it in 2016. Did he? He did I, win it, so he would be a two-time I, winner. Yeah, I, I'm guessing he's. I, I'm guessing he's going to be the favorite. Has Matt Walner uh, had a good year? Yes, he's had a good year. Has he had the year that maybe was expected? I think that's an interesting question. What, what is, what's your feeling there? Has Matt Walner, has his junior year been what we expected it to be? Uh, no. No. Not at all. Uh, because you look at uh, it's the slowest start he's had. And I, for whatever reason you want to account that to, you know, whatever you want to say, whether it's pressure, whether he didn't wake up, uh, whether he wasn't engaged, whether it's just, I mean, they saw a lot of good pitching, man, early on, you know, and uh, so he could have been feeling the weight of, you know, trying to carry the team on himself, whatever it would be. But when you look at straight statistics, okay, just straight statistics, I mean, last year he batted 351. 
Mm-hmm. As a freshman, he batted 336, 19 home runs as a freshman, 16 home runs as a sophomore. He's got home run wise, he's there, but he's down in RPIs, RBIs, and that's because of where he is, you know, in the lineup. Hasn't scored that many runs. Interesting enough, uh, when you look at his walks, he probably will get somewhere in the same neighborhood uh, of walks. Slugging percentage is down, and I think his OPS uh, is down too. So for whatever you know, whatever reason, Walner's down. Mangum, the reason that I, Mangum, you know, winning or, or getting that uh, most hits in SEC history, but when you look at what he's done this year, Mangum's batting three ninety two. Mm-hmm. And that's facing SEC pitching week in and week out. Uh, he's never going to be a big RBI guy. He's top of the lineup, but still. Not going to have much power, one home run. But 60 runs, stolen 20 bases, 392, man. I mean, that's just kind of a giveaway. you gotta, you got to give it to him. Well, you can't really, you can't really argue with that uh, based on what you just said. And, look, he's been an outstanding player. Isn't he one of those kids, though, that seems like he's been playing there for 12 years? I mean, it just seems like he's been there forever, yeah. does it not? And it, and it's one of those. It, it would be like somebody looking at us and seeing Hunter Slater in the wall and or yeah in the lineup. And yeah, Mangum's just been so good, you know, from from so long. Before we get off the air today, Bob, I told you this during the break. I want to give a salute today to two Southern Miss uh, former Southern Miss baseball players. One Wade Weathers, uh, who was on the 2009 uh, World Series team. The other Trey Sutton, one of the best hitters to ever come through Southern Miss. Those two guys uh, with wins this past weekend and and Wade with with last night have it. Advanced their teams to the baseball championships. Wade has advanced the Stringer Red Devils to the 1A state championship. They play tomorrow. Trey Sutton will take the West Jones Mustangs into the 5A state championship in about two hours this afternoon. All those games up at Trustmark Park in uh, in uh, where Pearl, yeah. yeah. And so we just want to salute those guys from the Eagle Hours, man. Go out there and win the, the championship. So great to see former Southern Miss guys impacting other guys' lives and possibility to win state championships. Well, there you go. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.